Welcome to the Hope Collective Message Podcast, where we find a confident expectation of a better tomorrow in the character and promises of God. To learn more about who we are, visit thehopeco.com. Here's today's message. Hey, Hope Collective. Just want to take a few minutes to say thanks for joining us. Definitely going to miss being together this Sunday, but really looking forward to Mike and I having a conversation together with you around justice. Last week, we had the honor of Tanya Gatsi sharing with us around Mary's song. I want to take a few minutes, if I can, to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 39, and I want to read this. Mary's song. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mike, there's justice all over Mary's song. And I want to talk about that. For those of you um, who know Micah, you know that um, since his birth, justice has been growing inside of him. Matter of fact, you've given your life to this idea of justice, um, the justice of God for others. And not only just the idea, but reaching out to the lost and the least and the last in the community and in the world, traveling the world to say, no, there's a justice that God has for us. And so this is big in you. And when we began to talk about where we're headed as a church, fighting these giants of injustice, if you will, that it would be important that we talk about this. So when you think about justice, why, where has this come from for you and why is this such a big part of your life? Yeah, you know, my, my grandfather assigned Micah 6-8 to my life when I was born, which is not fair. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't weigh in on that, you know. Right. Um, I didn't understand what it meant. Um, I didn't understand what it meant to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Um, over the years, I've had many, many encounters um, all over the world, situations where individuals are just crushed. Mm. They're crushed by poverty. They're crushed by disease. They're crushed by corruption, exploitation, oppression. And I, I guess the easiest way to explain it is that something in my spirit screams, this isn't right. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And God, you should do something about it. <laughs> to which he points back and says, you should do something about it. You know? I've asked you. Um, and so that's really, it, it kind of crystallized in those experiences, which I know it has for you too, where it just becomes palpable, it becomes real, it becomes a person. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's when you encounter injustice and feel all the feels surrounding that, you begin to capture the heart of God mm -hmm. and how he feels for his children that are in situations like that and longs to do something about it. 
there's this inner sense, I think it's what wakes us up to the gospel, that we look at the world the way it is and we say, this isn't right, right? When we know that God has created something greater and something better. When I went to Haiti and I'm, I'm seeing the poverty and I'm, even, even though in the midst of the oppression, God's people can have joy, right? And so you do see that. But there's this sense of, whether it's the disease, the illiteracy, um, the spiritual emptiness, there is this sense of this is not the way it's supposed to be. And that moved me and coming home realizing that it's just as prevalent in a community like Lake Zurich, injustice, if you will, as it is in Haiti. So if we were to, for, for the church to say, what is justice? Like if we could give a simple biblical definition of justice and say, what is that? How would you answer that? It has taken me years yeah. to, to, to simplify it. Yeah, it's because a, it's, it's big. It's a massive theme. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, biblical justice is living in a way as to not harm another, acting in a way to make wrongs right. Okay. When I first heard you say that, that set heavy for me and, and in a good way. Like that alarm bells were going off. Can you say that again? Because I want us to, to hear that. Yeah, living in a way as to not harm another, acting in a way to make wrongs right. And it's rooted in the, the very nature of who God is. There's a primary component and a secondary component to justice. And it has to do with behavior. Um, righteousness and justice is something that we see kind of kissing, you know, mm -hmm. all over scripture. And righteousness is the perfection of God. And before sin came into the world, there was no need for any type of secondary justice because peace prevailed. Right. But when sin came into the world, there had to be something that rectifies that situation. And so righteousness and peace is, is God's moral character. And secondary justice, what makes wrongs right, is the actions that flow from his character. So for us to live in a way, to, to, to make choices to understand that that can affect other people, but also take action to put people in a better place. That's a secondary aspect of justice. Because that's what God has done for us. Mm -hmm. Now, people will say um, justice is a characteristic of God, but you're saying... Justice is, is the very nature of God. It is the character of God. He's a just God. So when we think about justice then and, it, and, and we process injustice, and we've said this as a church, and I, and I want people to hear this again, that injustice at its core, at its depth, is a spiritual issue because it's a sin issue, right? Mm -hmm. And its nature is relational. Can, can, in light of what you've just said, unpack that because God does show his justice through relationship. He does. Yeah, the root is spiritual. So sin came into the world and the, the biggest thing that was broken was our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And so in order to rectify that situation, he sent his son. He had his son die on the cross for our sins, uh, a re replacement, a, a ransom. We were purchased. Right. I mean, a lot of people think it's just an Old Testament theme. It actually goes through the whole of Scripture. When Paul talks about what Jesus did, it was also that the wrath of God could be appeased, but it was through his kindness that he brought us back to him. 
And so for us to be the image bearers, to be the reflectors of that in the world, it's not so much about, you know, fairness or giving people what they deserve. And we can talk about that in a minute, Mm -hmm. but it's about the reconciliation of relationships. And so sin has been, you know, destroyed. Sin has been overcome so that we can bring people back into right relationship with Jesus. That's what biblical justice is all about. And, and off, kind of off topic here just a little bit, but would you say that when, when we say every person our physical eye sees is deeply loved by God, and so as followers of Christ, every person our physical eye sees is deeply loved by God, and so we treat others the way God would want us to treat people as part of that justice Absolutely. relationship issue. Okay, so one of the reasons we're talking about this is because when you say the word justice, all right, it comes with a lot of baggage. Because what the enemy of our soul is really good at doing is taking something that is God's and corrupting it. So taking something that is good and making it bad. And so in the world today, it's very trendy to be involved in social justice, right? Where we are doing good things for others and it's social. It's all about the social piece, which doesn't have Jesus as the piece of this, right? So when we say, Justice. How do we separate social justice from the culture with gospel justice or biblical justice that the church should be the bearers of? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The word justice carries a lot of emotion with it. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, it is a very emotional reality. Right. Um, we get hung up on things that we misunderstand, things that we don't understand. And I think we get caught up in fairness, what is fair, and giving what people what they deserve. Yeah. That's not biblical justice. Because um, God didn't do that. He us. didn't do that at all. And, and it, injustice angers his heart. There is wrath. But his motivation was actually kindness. And he didn't give us what we deserved. You know... You can see this in children, the, the natural response to, to injustice. If you give a six-year-old a popsicle and you don't give the four-year-old a popsicle, you're going to see our natural reaction yeah. of this is not fair, you know. But God isn't as concerned with what's fair. He's more concerned with making things right. Mm. And the most beautiful reality is things as they should be, which is what we're ultimately working towards. Right. But we get to do that here and now. So instead of asking the question, how do I make what's fair for me fair for you? Ask the question, how do I make this right? How do I make this the way it's supposed to be? And ultimately, it's right relationships. It's peace and harmony, you know, with, with us between God and us be, between each other. It's, it's almost coming from that place of isn't, it's not about equal outcome. No. It's not about even equal opportunity because the parable of the talents, God gives, the parable is everybody gets a different set. It's how we see, love, treat, care for one another based on how God sees and loves. Yeah. And that's the justice piece. Okay, so... So, we, so we've got the, the world that's saying um, there needs to be justice. And a lot of times that motivation comes from a place of it makes me feel good and that's why I do it. Versus it's the right thing to do whether I get the credit or not. 
for us as followers of Jesus, what ought the biblical motivation be to do justice? This is the passage that we're kind of echoing. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. Which, by the way, walk humbly is another whole conversation. <laughs> That's a tough one. But what is, it, what is the right motivation the biblical justice ought to produce in us? Uh, Shane Claiborne, an author and activist, said in, in the world today there are far too many uh, unbelieving activists and inactive believers. Mm. Unbelieving activists. And inactive believers. Oof. When God desires believing activists. And... I think the motivation should be personal. It should be connected to our story. Mm. It should be an overwhelming realization that I receive the justice of God through the mercy of God and that I didn't get what I deserved. And that should give us a weight on our soul to say, I want other people to know that. Mm. And so even when you think about, you know, feeding the hungry or clothing the naked. It, it sounds like very, very simple acts. But recognizing that the enemy of our soul, as you put it, puts people in cycles, mm -hmm. in, in poverty cycles and disease cycles, so they have no emotional, spiritual capacity to lift their heads up. He crushes them mm. because he wants them to die. Mm -hmm. He wants us to not exist. That yes, we have the ability to give someone a can of green beans, but that's not the end in and of itself. We have the ability to recognize that cycle, lift someone up a little bit, why? Mm -hmm. So that they can realize that there is kindness, there is compassion, there is grace, there is joy beyond that. And so mm -hmm. it's not the act in and of itself, it is a bridge to say, let me share what compels me to do this? Not because I feel good, but because I've been given grace and yeah. I want you to experience the same thing. T tell me if this, uh, how this relates to what you just said. We, we spent three years in Haiti helping them build their church, building, right? We sent containers full of stuff. They landed on a concrete pad. We sent a group that put the roof on, right? And when it was all done, the roof was on, the building was built. I'm standing in the doorway of this beautiful church with Pastor T from Haiti. And his question to me wasn't thanks for, or thanks, his statement wasn't thanks for the building. His question to me was, are you coming back? Mm. He could care, he loved the building, but he cared more about the relationship. Yeah. What is that? What is that screaming at us? I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, it's the incarnation. Mm. You know, I remember arguing with one of my African directors. It was about teams. And we could go on and on about teams, but I was like, we're not doing teams. You know, I'm just, I'd rather send the money. And he goes, you Americans. And I was like, oh, here we go. You know? <laughs> Because all you think about is money. All you think about is stuff. Like that is going to ultimately solve our problems. Now don't, he said, don't get me wrong. We need that. It's, it's tools, you know, mm -hmm. facilities facilitate and resources push the, the work forward. 
He goes, but God's plan to save the world, he didn't write a check. <laughs> right. <laughs> he sent his son. And for people who live in a constant reality, especially of impoverishment, mm-hmm. they sometimes equate our presence coming from North America to, to their local situation as Jesus giving up heaven to come to earth. And if you're sitting at the feet of Christ realizing what he's going to do, it's going to mean something. Mm-hmm. And so when we're willing to not necessarily just send the check, but to say, I'm with you. I want to carry this with you. I believe in you. I love you. That is a greater motivation than any amount of money could do for that person because they've seen what money has done and what money has. They've seen the corruption. They've seen all of that. But if they have the church, if they have a brother or a sister in Christ say, I see you, I'm with you, I believe in you, it means more than anything else. Yeah. So, so I'm emotional. I think here's where it, here's where it comes. Um, social justice is about the injustice and what I gain from fighting the injustice. Gospel justice sees the person behind the injustice and wants to see them know what it means to be a person, a human who's loved by God. Yeah. Because the only one who can save a soul is Jesus. Yeah. Now there's a, um, there's a quote from, I think it's Martin Luther that you love or that he said. Yeah. Um, when he was, he was asking questions around the Reformation time and one of the questions he asked is, how, how are people saved? And he realized that it's the justice of God. Mm. The wrath was appeased, but it was through the kindness of God. And that motivated him to say, people need to know this. Mm-hmm. Everything needs to change, you know? And, and you're right in that it's injustices are something that we fight against. But it's so easy to get caught up in the cause Mm. that we lose sight of the person. Injustices are what we fight against. It's people who we're fighting for. Mm. I think that's a really important distinction when you're talking about the difference between social justice and biblical justice. And I think Luther understood that. And he said, people are getting lost in the religiosity of what we're doing from day to day. And it was the kindness of God that motivated him to say, people need to know that they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Let's cut out the middleman, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. Could you, could you imagine um, a church that is that? We, we talk all the time that in your, in your travels all over the world, that it, it's a desire to see the justice-seeking church come out, meaning... Um, the goodness and greatness and kindness of God come to bear on human hearts, whether it rescues them from the situation or not, they find joy in the fact that God says who they are. And we affirm that by our presence, right? What is the justice-seeking church? If you had to say, putting all of the world, we're, we're going to redeem this world. We're taking the biblical term back from society. I'm tired of, of skirting around it. Justice is a good thing. What is the justice-seeking church? The justice-seeking church doesn't allow 
the organizational systems, the daily operations, the activities to overshadow the mission of God in the world to bring people back to him. The justice-seeking church doesn't just have a heart for the lost and the least. They know why they're lost and least. They know why they're least. And, and, and to go further, they know what to do about that. They know that, that acts of mercy and, and compassion aren't the end in and of themselves. They are bridge builders. They are cycle breakers. They are people standing there saying, I have a need. You don't have to have slick marketing and communications for people to, to come when they're saying, I have a felt need that, that, that I feel forgotten. No one knows about. And, and the justice seeking church sees those needs, says, all I have to do is meet that need. And then, mm-hmm. and then we get to see the mystery of God, the, the power of God to do that work of reconciliation through a simple act of knowing the needs of your community. And that's, that's, that's global. You know, mm-hmm. the needs change. The needs are connect, contextualized, but the enemy's trying to do the same thing. Isolate people, keep them alone, keep them lost. And we have the ability to break that. Mm-hmm. So one is to see, to recognize, uh, to live in a way to prevent it, to act in a way to make it right. That's the justice-seeking church. And if we, can, if we could put that in our heart, because that is what Jesus is doing in us. I said earlier, Christmas was the arrival of justice in the world through Jesus, because that's who he is. Mary was literally pregnant with justice. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and her song speaks to that, you know. As a church, everything that we're doing... Um, has to do with us as believers knowing who we are, that identity being restored and healed so that we can go and bring the right identity to the world. It's the mission of God, which is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus Christ, and he's invited us into that. And it can't be about the four walls of a church. It has to be about the people who have been freed from the inside out and are going to free others. And, and I just, man, I believe it. I believe God is, is doing that here. One of the ways, you're, you're probably sitting there, and um, as we go into the new year, um, we're going to be diving into 1 John. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Because in 1 John, we see the, um, the, in, the impression of God and the expression that that happens. So when this, these things are happening in our lives, there's something that God wants to do in us, so they will happen naturally. I shouldn't have to force myself as a follower of Jesus to get up in the morning and do justice, love mercy, and act humbly. That comes because God has, has um, made an impression on my life, and that's expressed in the way I live. And that's, that's the church coming alive. And so that's going to be coming. And then as a church continuing to lean into those fights for injustice, not because of the injustice, but because of the people behind yeah. the giant of injustice. Yeah. One of the ways practically you could get involved as we close out the year is administer justice is who we've partnered with and through our Hope Center with Hope Legal. And we actually need a strong need for volunteers because we have a lot of lawyers that are ready to help us and we have a lot of people who are in need of legal um, counsel. But we need that middle person. And so today, I'm just going to put it out there. If this has just gripped your heart, 
We need eight to 10 people who would say, man, one, one Saturday a month for three hours, I'm gonna give up my time. And I'm gonna walk with people who, whether it's illiteracy or poverty or oppression, whatever it is that keeps, everybody deserves the right to know what to do in hard times. Yeah. And so if you would be interested in that, um, that one Saturday a month for three hours, I want you to text collective to 97,000, or you can go to thehopeco.com backslash outreach, and there'll be an opportunity there for you to uh, let us know you're interested. And we will give you the training to do that. And those who have jumped in already have just been really blessed by that. It's just one small way that you can get involved. Micah, through this, there's a song that God has put on, on your heart that just kind of speaks the story of justice for his people and his church. Um, I'd love for you to share that as we kind of close our time. I want us to pray, and then I'd love for you to just sing that. Um, God has given you a heart for music and for, for speaking truth through song, and so I'd love for you to share this song with us if you right. do that. Lord, we're just so grateful for the time that we have to come um, this Sunday um, even though we're scattered, we are the gathered and the scattered church. Today we're scattered. Wherever we are, God, I pray that we would see the justice of God, that justice is the nature of God, and that injustice is what the enemy is doing in the world. And we will not let society give the world a counterfeit justice. We just won't do it. But we will be the church that comes in with the truth and kindness of God that actually names who people are and can name who people are. And Lord, so we just pray that you would continue to lead us and you would lead us as a church, as, as those of us who follow you as a community, um, to bring people out of oppression, to bring people out of poverty, to bring people out of illiteracy and spiritual emptiness and disease. But more than that, God, to walk with them in it because we care about people. And God, just pray that this would, would um, be, a, be solidified in our hearts, this mission that we get to be part of, that we've been invited into. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for spending time with the Hope Collective. If you appreciated this message, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. You can also leave a rating or review, which will help other listeners find us online. Thanks again for joining us. 